Hello, this is Rebecca Stark. And I'm Kate Smith. And thank you for tuning in to episode four of Speak Rose Gold, the podcast. Um, today, I'm so excited because we are interviewing our very good friends, Sarah and Kristen. Um, I'm going to let them tell you about themselves because I don't know that I would do it justice. Um, but you guys are in for a little treat. Um, Sarah, why don't you go ahead and get started and tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Sounds good. Um, I mean, I don't know where to start. Uh, I feel like... I have my, I have two loves in my life, I guess. And one is my teaching career and the other is my farm life. So it's kind of also her fiance. That would be her third love. Yes. <laughs> probably couldn't forget about that. Thanks for reminding me, Becca. We might have to cut that out later. <laughs> Drew, Drew, if you're listening to this, you're actually number one. Okay? Number one. Uh, she met yeah. of her other parts of yes, her life. Because no, nothing in that I have going on in my life would ever be possible without him and his support too. So, um, yeah. Oh, heart explosion emoji. Yep, yep. Just in case we wanted to get a little <laughs> sentimental on this, uh, you know, podcast guys. Um, but I, the reason that I wanted to start with Sarah is cause we have been lucky enough to start our day on her beautiful farm. And so that was one of the loves of her life. So, Although we'll be talking more about her other love of the teaching career today, I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit about living on the farm and being a farm girl. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Kristen, awesome. do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? And then we can kind of, you guys just let us know. <laughs> and Kristen, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am a single mom of two crazy kids but they're cool. We love them. Uh, <laughs> what well, kids yes. aren't crazy though, right? No, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm also a school counselor um, and I've also been, I mean, I've done a lot of things over the years. Um, middle, I've been a military spouse. What <laughs> age um, was. school counselor? What age group? Oh, I'm a middle school counselor. Sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Ooh, fun yeah, time. Stuck in the middle. Point, yeah, right? That's yeah. when you're, yeah. yeah nothing ever goes wrong at that age, right? Nope. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Ever. And they're very secure about their bodies. All of them. <laughs> Just everything. I mean, I think everybody, even listeners right now, think about how you felt about right. yourself when you were in middle school. And just like the pressures that come from that. And like, like I look back now and I laugh because I'm like, what were you doing? Why? Like, right. why? You but, just feel everything so much. Right? Yeah. You feel everything so much. It's like the littlest thing that isn't really a big thing at all you just yeah. feel it the no it is a big thing kids feel at that age. I still think about the fact that my nickname thunder thighs started in the sixth grade I know who said it I know it where was I was stepdad. I <laughs> <laughs> Becca and I have also been friends for a very long time <laughs> yes as a fun fact Kristen and I have actually been friends since we were like in the second grade probably um playing soccer together yeah we were we were littles we were very little, yeah. Field. So we know everything about each other. And her stepfather really did call me Buddha. Oh, that's right. It was Buddha. It was Buddha. Yeah. No, yeah. Thundersides were from kids. He at just school. contributed to that, you know, rise of confidence. But the the, the funny thing is, it actually has nothing to do. Yeah. Like he, I did have a Buddha belly. Like he wasn't wrong. <laughs> And in his defense, at the time that he was calling me Buddha, I didn't know who Buddha was. So that's helpful. Um, but less about me, more about you. Oh, um, yeah. What I would like to know, and I think what our listeners would like to know to get started, um, 
a lot of the people that are listening to our podcast right now are kind of going through transitions or figuring out their future maybe, or are kind of in the middle of something that they didn't really expect. And so the first question I really want to talk to you guys about is, is your journey. That's not really a question. That's a statement. So I'm going to, what was the journey that kind of found you to where you not found you led you led you to where you are now? (laughs) (laughs) What led us to this time in our lives where we're at right now in a middle school being a special ed teacher is what Sarah does and then um Kristen being a school counselor and you both do it for middle school is that correct uh I switched recently to elementary school now so okay yeah I started a new position recently and um so but I've worked with oh my goodness kids from two up to 21 so I've always kind of had a very wide range of experience which has been really really nice and kind of led I think led me to where I am at now so yeah so since you don't wave your hand at me homie (laughs) she doesn't want me to have dead air we're fine um right this is my fourth episode girl she's professional so (laughs) I'm good at this now um okay so since you already kind of touched on it what you know was there some point in your life where you were, you decided that you wanted to be that person to help other people specifically like i know that you know i have a helper's nat- nature i think we all do so like what led you to that that kind of career I had no idea starting college what I wanted to do. I went from wanting to be a dentist to wanting to be a vet to wanting to be a dental hygienist. I mean, like, I don't know why I was so involved into the mouth. I don't know. (laughs) But for real, for a long time. I know. I know why. (laughs) For a long time, I really just... There's an applause right now, is what that is. It's staying in. It's staying in. All right, so dental, dentist. Yeah, I mean. Dental hygienist. Dental hygienist, dentist, vet. I thought about HR, human resources for a while. I mean, like, I was. Yeah, shout out to Becca. You're helping someone else. You're doing a service, right? But really, and it's, it's so crazy to me that. A lot of, I mean, you start you start college when you're a kid. Nobody knows what they want to do. And by the time you're an adult, you grow up and you have so many different beliefs. You have so many different values. And what you prioritize and find important in life is not going to be the same. So it's just, it sucks so much to spend so much money on those first two years, oh first God, four yeah. years of school when you just have no idea what you want to do. Right. So I thought of that going out of high school. So I started with my community college because I was like, cheap, get rid of all those, get done with all those liberal arts classes that I needed to take. And then I sat in my psychology class with, oh my gosh, Dr. I don't remember what her name is though, but she is a professor that had such an impact on me. Hanauer. I think her name was Dr. Hanauer, if I remember correctly. And if she ever listens to this, shout out to you because <laughs> that was like, she started my career. I oh, was so I mesmerized that. by the way she lectured. I took three more of her classes and I fell in love with the mind. I fell in love with like the abnormal mind. I never liked anything normal. I thought it was really cool and interesting to me. I love that. That's why we all get along. Yeah, that's definitely know. why we're we all, all get along. We're all helpers and mm-hmm. we all are weird in our own ways but no I think that so I you know we've talked before about how you know there's 
usually some sort of incident or person or something that influences you and you have that it's like a switch goes off mm-hmm. in your mind and you're like wait a minute yeah i'm really this is i like i have passion for this like and it doesn't feel like work because you enjoy it so much and i love that you had someone who you were like oh, whoa like looking at it that way. Yeah. Kind of like piggybacking off of that. It was almost like that butterfly effect for me. It was like that first step that put into line so many things after that, that I think I chose and really built my career off of. Like, you know, she just, she introduced me to the mind. It was so interesting. All like the abnormal psychology classes, all of that behavior. Mm -hmm. I just, I fell in love with it. And, um, I just wanted to learn more about it. I was like just taking it all in like a sponge and I just found it so interesting and it set a light off of me and I said psychology this is what I want to do. I love that. And then I sat in my first speech pathology class and I was like oh my goodness I can work with kids you know who have speech deficits and stuff like that and I had another professor who had such a profound effect on my life so then I was like oh speech pathology. So I was like well why not both? So I majored in both and then I slowly found my love for education because as I was finishing up school, I worked as a TA at a school with uh, children who had severe autism. And then I said, wow, every d- it was the hardest job ever. And it was so hard. It was so hard. Mentally, physically, yeah, exactly. It was so, so hard. But it was a different type of learning for me in that it was like hands-on. I was in the field. I did something, you know, I wasn't just sitting in a classroom. I was, I, it wasn't just a, you know, teenager college job. It was some, it it felt like career like to me for the first time. And, um, I would leave every day, sometimes crying, sometimes (laughs) laughing. Sometimes I would just (laughs) drive 45 minutes home in pure silence and not to want to talk to anybody. Um, But I think the feeling that I had after I left that job every single day was so rewarding. And I knew that I needed to do this every day because it gave me so much joy and satisfaction. It was almost selfish in a way because I'm like, this is how I want to feel every day. And it's like, people are like, you're so selfless being a special. I'm like, no, it's like, it's almost selfish to a point because I just, that feeling of those aha moments that you have with kids or when you, when you source like yeah that like spark Mm -hmm. you were like the catalyst or helped in that part yeah yeah that's addicting and I just I fell in love with it I fell in love with behavior and then I got into applied behavioral analysis I did a lot of ABA therapy which some people are for some people aren't I think if it's done right it could be very effective and a productive thing for you know people with special needs um but I just kept growing from there and my love for teaching just kept growing from there. And then I knew I just needed to be in a classroom. So I stayed in a classroom for a couple of years, finished up my master's in special ed, and then went back into the public school system and just kind of been every few years, just kind of, you know, I think I've changed schools about every three years yet, like still kind of trying to find my home, you know, where I feel good. But so I fell in love with behavior. keep rolling. I fell in love with behavior. I fell in love with the kids. I fell in love with being such an ingrained part in people's families and, and, you know, having such a direct effect on a lot of kids' lives. And, um, then I found the public school system and I, you know, I stayed, I loved it. I like it. It was because you got to see a little bit of everything there. And, um, you know, 
when you work in a good environment in a public school system, it could be a really, really amazing place to work too. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no. And I think, well, and there's obviously a common theme here with who we are and the people that we are friends with is we are people who give back, but there's also like a, we've gone through some shit. Like we've struggled. We've had to, you know, maneuver this so-called journey to figure out where we really want to be. And like, I'm finally figuring that out and I'm here in my Mm thirties. So I think too, like you said, like when you start college, you know, you're a, you're a kid. Like I was 17 when I started school. I went, I wanted to be a forensic scientist. What? Yep. <laughs> like, okay. Um, which it still sounds like a really cool job, but it's just <laughs> <laughs> like when you're a kid, it's like, I think people expect that, you know, I'm supposed to know everything and that's just not the case. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I think that I see more podcasts in the future for you and us. Cause I have so many questions. Oh yeah. It's okay. And I get that too. I think that this year is the year that I finally feel like an adult for the first time. It's like crazy to me. It's like, you think that you become an adult when you graduate high school or something. No, that does not, you're not an adult in your twenties. You're not an adult in your mid twenties. You don't become an adult until you know it that year. It's like a transition yeah, year for you and it hits you and you're like, Oh my God. I'm an adult. I don't think I've had that year yet, guys. <laughs> that was because you came out as an adult, Becca, okay? <laughs> That's probably true. I was like, let's think about this analytically, y'all. <laughs> Mom and dad, let's bargain for this punishment. I did do that a lot. I'd be like, let's negotiate. What if I fold the laundry? <laughs> um, I, I do, Sarah, I also see a lot of um, further questions. I think we... Um, could dig so deep into that side of things. And I see that you, it's funny because I know that you do say like, oh, that's so selfless when you meet people. And almost every single person that I know um, that works in that field will say, it's the most selfish actually thing ever because I get the wins, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. my wins. I get the props and I get the kudos, but it's all the kids work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's really cool. And it, it gives me chills when you talk about it. It feels really good. So, um, all of that said, Kristen has also had, and I feel like I have to ask the question because I feel very involved in Kristen's journey. I, <laughs> she has been because she put herself in the turn. No, I felt like I needed to control the space. Once we got to a certain point, I just felt like I needed to take over. No, I'm just kidding. Kristen has gotten everywhere she is all by herself. That's not true. Um, it takes a village to raise me. Um, so I, I joke, I kid, I really did not, um, actually control Kristen's life. I no, but she has been I, a sturdy, unrelenting soundboard in my life. And I could go on and on about that. Even Becca, when and she it hated me, it so much. Yeah, no, and, but I, but I always trusted her. Even if I was like not happy with the feedback I was getting, even if, well, truly, cause I mean, because Becca gives, very honest she feedback. gives it to you. unfiltered raw and like that's what you need and I trusted her to keep listening to that advice and even though a lot of times I didn't take it several times and I'd come back to her and she was like most of the time "Mm -hmm." and I'd tell her what went wrong and what was happening and how my life was falling apart she's like I told you so but I love you and I'm here for you and I'm not going anywhere so I couldn't see I'm getting choked up y'all um so that being said yeah anyway so yes Becca knows Yes, I made it here. And again, and funny, I'm a mom of two kiddos. Um, they're seven and eight. And I also just feel like an adult recently 
which is kind of funny. But yes. So tell us more about your journey, Kristen. Kristen's journey is a little bit different. I think um, even and I say that because Sarah had a very straight journey, right? right? She talked about how she went to college and how she had that experience. And I think that is one side. And you all know from Kate and I, you know, Kate had a very she had a straight journey and then recently took a right. I feel like like you went into college and did your thing and then decided you were going to take a hard left and go the other way. And that's really cool to talk about. And then mine was kind of in the middle where Mm -hmm. I took some years off and came back and went to school and then decided what I wanted to do. And now I'm here. And Kristen has an even more different path. Hazard. (laughs) Kristen, let's start it. Yeah. 19. (laughs) Thank you for giving me a starting point because I was like, this could get, like, this could go so many different routes because that's what I did. I mean, I was... Whew, I marched to the beat of my own drum. I, my, her whole life, though, yeah. y'all. Not just to her adult life. So, like, all my, <laughs> all my immediate relatives are either doctors or nurses or, you know, major medical professionals. And I'm... Brilliant is yeah, the word she super is brilliant. missing. Um, and I think I, I was gifted with that natural intelligence, but I was also kind of lazy with it. Like, I took, you know, I was like, <laughs> what? When I got to college, because it wasn't an option for me, I had to go to college right out of high school. Um, so I looked at degrees that honestly like had the least amount of science and math, which looking back (laughs) was not smart, but like, you know, as long as I was going to college, I think my parents were fine. So, um, so I, I got into a counseling program, um, and about two years being on campus, I went to the university of Cincinnati. I met my former husband, my ex-husband at, well, you know, I was going to say former is a weird way yeah, to say it. Yeah, I don't it. know. <laughs> Ex seems harsh, but it is. Okay. So they're just friends is what it is. So yeah. while he's not co-parents. her husband, co-parents. they are co-parents. Yes. yes. So yeah. So then I got totally distracted because he was a Marine. And, um, so and I you know was, that military wife life, <laughs> life, life. Yeah. I mean, it's attractive. Cause at the time I think I was, I just felt like, okay, w- Sure, like I can pick up my life and move to North Carolina and marry you at... It's a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My knight in shining armor is going to take me around the world Mm -hmm. and then fight for our country. Right. That is glamorous. And it was, I could sell it to my parents because I could, um, at the time, my program at the university was getting switched on online, so I could be remote and still get, you know, finish this degree. So my parents were like, okay, but like, this degree better get finished. (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward nine years later, it finally did. But after only after I had I got married, had two children, and then my mom told me that she was terrified I would never get my degree. So I was like, that kicked me in the butt, and I got it. Oh, uh, Grammy Pammy said that. Yeah, good it, for her. Well, yeah, we were on the porch, and she was holding Noah, and she's like, he's so beautiful, but I'm afraid you're just never gonna finish college. And that kicked me. Savage. That, no, that, we've had that. Yeah. Like, we've all, like, someone says that, like, I'm the last episode. I had people say, in my family, say to me, specifically two people, you'll be back. You're never going to make it. Right. And I was like, cool. Episode watch three. me. Watch me make it and watch me never come back and watch me succeed. Right. And now you can listen to me. Uh. Right. And just, <laughs> here I am now. <laughs> You look like Eminem with your hood up right now, too. That was super gangster drop a beat. when you did that. Thanks, guys. I feel pretty hood. <laughs> These are my girls, though. So you went back and you finished. 
Yeah, I finished. And it was actually a really, I think that for me personally meant more than if I had finished the degree after four years because my kids were there, my parents were there. It was just this like defining moment. I, I felt like I really was finishing something I wanted and not just something that I was told I had to do. Um, so yeah. all while also like mm-hmm. going through a divorce and oh yeah my personal life was totally turned upside down yeah going through <laughs> she going just through. pretended like that wasn't I'm like so right, keep true. talking right 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 true so at the time okay so when I um so I I had moved to North Carolina I had my babies um my uh, my husband at the time we uh, we were going through a really rough time he just got orders to go to Japan for three years and here we are Japan Japan um here we are with small children and like that was not going to be the plan at some point he was going to get out but he only like dug real deep into that military life like transitioned into reconnaissance so he was gone all the time so anyway here we are he has these orders um and I, I say, which is not a diss on the military. The no, military no, does no, no. what they do, and right. thank you so much. But when you're in it, right, it's, hard. I mean, it's, hard. it's very hard. It's hard, yeah. And yeah, we could have a whole episode on just how that, how military we came wife to, life, yeah. yes, how we came to be in this we rough. Can do what we want. <laughs> this our show, girl. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, so we're in this position where we are we're about like we are having conversations about ending the marriage what do we do we are in this horrible position he gets these orders to japan becca was very involved at this point but (laughs) neither one of us took her advice i um i want everyone to know it was i was around i (laughs) she was i just happened to be in the house when a lot of things we're going we're down. Yeah, and conversations were had. Yeah, no, but she heard the ridiculousness. And the well, I didn't live in town, so I had to spend the night, and then you're just yeah. stuck in the house with the fighting. <laughs> yeah, we made it that's really just, awkward for Becca that's sometimes. That's just real life. So when you feel involved at that point, they brought me into it. They said, come spend the night, and then they had the fight, so I was there. True, true. <laughs> it was just bad. I mean, it was just a rough time. And and just life been, is what it is. Yeah, and... Either, yeah. And has road bumps. mm -hmm, A hard marriage, a hard relationship. You hit those times, yeah. So anyway, the kids and I opted to stay back in North Carolina. He moved to Japan. We were, we agreed to separate. um, But then there was a lot of just like weird life stuff that went along with all that and complicated relationships and just a lot. And when you're going through a divorce, it doesn't mean you stop loving that person. No. And yeah, he's, he's a great father to the kids. It's not. And that makes everything more complicated because right. even if you're happy for the other person's life and love success, it hurts a little bit because it's still your baby's father. You right. know, it still feels like you should be a part of that life. And I think people underestimate how hurtful that is, whether you want to still be with that person or not. Yeah. But- you got through it. And the point of this and the reason why we wanted both of you on here is because, like I said earlier, like we've all been through some shit. Crazy and when stuff. you look at people sometimes, actually most of the time, like the whole, you know, it's cliche, but don't judge a book by its cover. But like you would never like I've known you, Kristen, for a while mm-hmm. and I've never heard that story. 
like oh, wow. and so like Sarah like I've known you for a I still while. lock it up I was a part of it but it's in here <laughs> but but you know what I mean like and so it's like you can't look at someone and think oh they have all this or whatever and look at you know and then think that they didn't it just came to them right like that's just not how life is and life is hard but here look I mean we're all sitting at this table who've gone through stuff and we're like we're actually doing this. Mm-hmm. Like we're actually doing this and we're enjoying our lives. Finally. Mm-hmm. Like I finally feel like I'm actually enjoying my life. Right. And that's funny. That's I do too. I do too. I do feel like I enjoy my life more now. Yeah. I mean, I wish oh, I could 100%. go out more of my house. You know, I wish right. like life was well, open again, but other than that, so, so much like so, <laughs> so much of your <laughs> life, so much of your life is really just like fake it until you make it. And then eventually I feel like you just make it or you figure it out. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, but it really do. You fake it until you make it. I feel and like that should be the, my one liner doing for so long. You know, it's yeah. like, you really just don't know. And just, you have to have experiences. And people and are always like, Becca, how do you stay so happy? I, you could do. I just have no idea what's happening. So I'm happy. I don't know. <laughs> you just have to make, I'm riding it. You have to make the hard decisions. And this is what we talked about on previous episodes is making the hard decisions and understanding that this is going to suck, but it's going to be worth it. Right. And like yeah. go all in. Like just do, just do it. And, and you don't have to go all in with something that someone else may think you should. That's their, that's their goal. That's their dream. Like your dreams can change and things can change. And you like, obviously I think being able to adapt to that, like I went from forensic science to nursing to hospitality. How, how do you like, and then went back to being interested in nursing and then back to nursing. I wanted to be a nurse anesthetist. I was like, I'll put people to sleep. Sounds creepy when I say it like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially um, if you saw her face, face when she said it. I did that. Um, <laughs> it's fine. But no, I just, I don't know. Like, it's just really cool that. I think it's so hard when you're in that moment and you're like, it's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. And then when you're sitting here talking about this and sharing this kind of stuff and you're like, holy shit, it got better. Mm-hmm. My and, parents used to tell me that all the time too. If oh, I was yeah. going through a rough time, they'd say just, it gets better. It gets better. Just let time pass. And it felt so awful and so terrible in that moment when you're going through things, but then it's so true. It just, it really does always get better with time. And you just have to not fear change and get out of your comfort zone because it's two things I'm so hard at. And it's so that louder. Two things I'm like, it's hard for me to do. I have anxiety and depression and it's hard for me to adapt. And I'm a counselor. (laughs) (laughs) So I tell people how to adapt and change their lives all the time. (laughs) But I think I can relate because that's, I tell them right off the bat. So, and I think that that's a good, I want to first say that, and for everyone listening, you can hear, obviously there was more behind Kristen's story that she (laughs) would choose to stay in her own behind closed doors, but... No wonder um, I'll share it all. I don't we, mind. <laughs> it's just gonna take a really long time. <laughs> that would be like a and it's and it's with love. But I, I, as someone who's been a part of the entire process mm-hmm. and seeing Kristen today and now and the growth that she had to go through and the 
pain she had to feel to get there. And that's why last episode I said sometimes I'm a firm believer in be and I've told mm-hmm. you be in that space, feel it mm-hmm. because you can't grieve, you can't mourn and you can't move on until you just do it. And you got to be sad. Right. And while I may not have lived the exact same experience as you, I felt like I could say, no, just, yeah. just do it. Mm-hmm. Just feel it. Let's cry together. I don't care. Regardless. I think you have to be, <laughs> like you said, sit in that space, be uncomfortable, feel what that's like to not like that feeling so you don't experience it over and over again it's confronting the space and speaking of challenge one of the reasons that I wanted to bring the two of you on our show um I think a lot of people right now are feeling what it's like um with COVID and this particular challenge Mm -hmm. they are feeling what it's like to be challenged with having their kids at home and I, as a consumer of other people's information, I'm hearing a lot of, you know, oh, having these kids at home and oh, all of these things. And I know I, a lot of parents are, you know, frustrated with teachers and feeling a lot of different emotions. And I think we often forget what it feels like on the other side. Um, and the two of you have a particularly... Um, a different job, let's say, um, in the school system. So even more so like, yes, Sarah is a teacher, but Sarah is a special ed teacher, which is a group of people who were particularly affected by this change. Because if you're talking about this, um, you know, this these students who are often dependent on routine. They're dependent on what they do every day. They're dependent on seeing their teacher and being in school because maybe they are the person in their life that truly understands them. So it's a demographic who was, who were specifically affected. Um, and so she has a very special view on, on the changes of that COVID-19 has had on our school system. Um, And then Kristen, being a middle school counselor, I think we often forget that their role in all of this is is very wide-reaching. So she has 6th, 7th, and 8th graders that are all being affected by this change, whose parents are all being affected by this change, and she's having to kind of juggle all of these different balls in the air. So part of the reason that we wanted to bring you on today, especially after talking about challenges in life and facing them, is I would love for you all to share with our listeners, especially since a lot of them are the parents that are on the other side of this, um, just some of the challenges you guys have been experiencing since COVID has happened and some changes that you've had to make, maybe roles that you are now playing that you weren't previously playing. Yeah. You know two parents who may be facing the same kind of thing if their kids are at home. Now, I can't speak from the parent part because I'm not a parent yet, but um, I mean, I can definitely speak from the teacher perspective and it's hard. It's a, it's a bad situation any way you look at it. And I just don't think that there's any real clear solution. And that's what's so frustrating about it is that there's just not right now. It's kind of that time game that we were talking about before. It just gets better with time. Well, time is just going to need to pass. But then I think that we're going to get to a point that we're going to look back and see, well, how, how much did these affect the kids? How much did this take away from their education? How far behind are they going to be? You have all these future worries, but there's so much to worry in the right now. And it's just, you know, the safety of the families, the safety of the kids. There are some kids, you know, that don't live 
with their parents that they live with their grandparents who are at more high risk. And, um, you know, these kids who they wish they could send them in, they just, they can't. And it's so hard because, and it's amazing to me because some of the kids really do so great. Uh, a lot of the families are so supportive and it's so amazing to see, and they're doing the best with virtual learning, but there are some kids who just can't learn that way. Yeah. And it's like, how do you reach them? How do you teach them this way? And it's, I think my first three weeks going back into school, I, Kristen, me and Kristen worked together for a while and I think we just cried like every day leaving. It was was just, um, sad. You miss the hugs, you miss the smiles, you miss the faces. And it's just like, it's, it's hard, but it's hard for everybody in their own unique way. And it's like, I think that it shows just to how adaptive kids can be, how a how adaptive teachers can be, you know, being like, Oh, you're going to go from teaching in person and having the schedule to being thrown into like, you need to create all these virtual materials and curriculum and, you know, do this stuff. And, Oh, and by the way, make sure you're properly serving your kids. These mm-hmm. accommodations that really, that really only take place or like in the classroom in person, yeah. but for Sarah, do the same easy, job, yeah. but in the, com- in a completely different environment. Yes, yes. Exactly. Um, and not being able to be with our students and and touch them and not that like you know we're always hugging on our kids but it is important you know especially you know Sarah and I have shared um caseloads me being a school counselor and she being on the EC side we've shared kids a lot of time who do just need touch as a comfort um or as a preventative measure if they're melting down and throwing their heads into the wall so not like knowing that we can't intervene that way we're not there in the same capacity building relationships is is harder um it just it's it's been a challenge and like you said it's it's interesting how many different unique challenges you see and like all the different um, family dynamics that you have you know that you hear about and how it is just affecting people differently it's just not a one-size-fits-all type situation and I, i it's like people ask me, well, what do you think they should? I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Just, we're just going with it. I like, don't know what the solution is. I don't know how to fix this. I just know that I need to show up every day and keep some sort of consistency going with these families, going with these children and support them in any way I can. And just, you know, socially even more at this point, because they don't, they're missing such a big part of that interaction. And, you know, just trying to get them to be good humans and teach them when yeah. I can and do the best I can. That's really, you know, well, I feel like we can all do right now and then like you said like we we don't know what's going to happen right and so having to the pressures of being you know you have to do the same job but with the not the same tools and resources and then you know what's going to happen like you know what kind of impact is this going to have on these kids long term and you know i think especially if you want to touch on the psychological standpoint of what that's what interests me is quarantine and when all this started and just like because kids don't understand you know and I think from a psychological standpoint like what is all of this actually doing Mm -hmm. to them to their confidence to their anxiety because especially middle school like what have you if you could you know what are some things that you have noticed um Um, a lot of our top performing top performing kids from last year um I've seen a lot of them decline and it's not because they're not you know they're just they've given up a lot of them I mean like Sarah said we have some families and we have some students who are thriving or who are like really jumping into this with both feet and like getting it done there is that small percentage but I 
I happen to hear and see a lot about the not so good sides of it. And kids are sad. They're, you know, they're not seeing their friends in the same capacity. They're not coming to school for, for some of these kids coming to school is like, the light in their life that is the most attention that they're receiving that's the most consistent meals they're getting which is devastating to think about um so it's like it's really emotional it is is really emotional yeah 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 of course well and i think Kristen, too your role has really changed a lot I mean, not not that Sarah's role hasn't changed, but Kristen, I know as a counselor, I mean, you have said to me before, I feel like I'm calling parents and just telling them their kids aren't logging in. Right, right. And I feel like I've been giving out more parenting advice, which is funny because like, I don't have it figured out, but I do know, <laughs> I do know that consistency and in, in setting up space for your kids to have a routine is super important because that's what they get when they come to school, right? We do the same thing every single day. And same that's, schedule, same, same lunch time, same this, everything. Yep, we're walking to the bathroom at this time. You're going to be in a line together. Um, so yeah, like telling parents like pretty much this is how you need to be at home and like don't let your kids sit up in their room all night long on their laptop, like, cause they're not going to get up and log into class. Like don't believe them when they say that they just hit submit when we go back and there's no work there, you know? Um, because kids are figuring out how to get by all that and they're losing motivation there. It's a lot of these kids don't like to be on the computer. It's hard. They keep their cameras off. They don't want to be seen. They're embarrassed. It's like a whole new side of like being an being adolescent. Yeah. 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 Right. Crazy. Um, well, so then you almost have to learn like a whole new language. It's like, you know, like elementary school kids shouldn't know how to, you know, create a Google meet. And like, it's, it's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah. Asynchronous learning, synchronous learning. It's like this new verbiage that we've become so adapted to. And I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it really is just, and it's this continuous, just change of up and down. We're in, we're out, we're in, we're out. And it's just speaks again so much to how adaptive like we can be and like you know as teachers as you know professionals as counselors even just as young as the elementary school kids how adapted they are and the families too so uh yeah so many feels so i really um i have one more question for you all with a quick sum up if you had one piece of advice Kristen. For the single mom who feels like she needs to um, make a change and really wants to do something for herself. Yeah, advice for yourself 10 years ago, what would you say? Listen to your tribe and and build that trusting tribe. Good response. Like really, if you can't control anything else in your life, put good people around you. Because when you can't make decisions and when you're like having a mental health crisis, like you oh, see, I get this is because that was really that's really I mean, and just mental fortitude, like, like knowing that it's going to change, things are never going to stay the same Change is inevitable, hang on for the ride, but keep good people around you. I can't wait to do another episode with you. I know, that is so good. Same. And then my last question for Sarah, um, if you had it have one piece of advice for the college student who feels like they're floating like you were 10 ish years ago what is your one piece of advice find hobbies seriously i'm not kidding (laughs) i know that sounds crazy but find hobbies it's good advice find something that you 
just loves so much that is different that's you know that gives you some sort of satisfaction that isn't that just nine to five job or anything like that find something else too you have to like as an adult I feel like people stop teaching themselves new things and it's so important to continually I think learn new things there's something so beautiful about you know finding hobbies and and learning you know how to do real skill type things and I think that that guides you in a way and helps you grow in a different way than just you know that education and academic side of thing and I just find some hobbies try different things love 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 that I just it's important I wish because what they were saying was so important we did not talk about the farm today but because of that I feel like we're gonna need a Sarah and Kristen part two in February what do you think Kate oh yeah and also like multiple you're in it just so you know like we're, <laughs> we're coming back you're a part of this and I have to say after all of this day today um, because Sarah was gracious enough to let us go play with goats and cows and we are gonna upload that on our website some pictures from today um, and my sweet little puppy Swanson just figuring it out um so we were lucky enough to be invited to come see the animals on the farm and we're going to share those pictures with you um and i'm just so grateful that the two of you let us do this with you today and yeah no this was amazing and i, I wish we had more time but that's okay earlier because we'll of the wind and then i was crying because of everything y'all said it was so good <laughs> No, it was, and this is why we are doing this. I learned more about both of you today. We, you know what I mean? And now I'm like super excited to explore more about your lives and brains. But thank you for being our first interview show. I think it was yes, amazing and fun. So Thanks for having us. Yeah, I don't know if I had too many interesting things to say, but <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, no, it was amazing. It was amazing. I was just staring at Sarah while she talks. So with that being said... Oh, contact info. Ha ha. As if you don't know, um, you obviously know how to listen to our podcast. You can find us at Speak Rose Gold on Instagram for daily content, motivation, things like that. We are literally rushing out the door to go to a Zumba class that Kristen is teaching, <laughs> FYI. Because she is um, bomb. And then you can also find us at rosegoldcoaching.com. Thank you again. And remember to, to live, live Rose Gold. gold.